This is the Advisor Odyssey audio experience, where financial advisors, planners, insurance agents, and brokers will find fresh new ideas and perspectives around what it takes to launch, succeed, scale, and bulletproof their business. Hey, all right, guys. So today we're going to be talking a lot about uh, really maximizing our existing client database. Now, for a lot of advisors, they they build their business and, uh, you know, it weeds out some of the ones in the beginning who don't really catch their footing. And it, it's a tough industry. But as we uh, as you grow your book of business, you gain clientele, whether that's, you know, one every month or 10 every month, whatever it is, you're going to start to build that client base that the reality is we always want to be able to go back to our client base to consistently grow our firm, to grow our revenue, to help their families. To be clear, that's our ultimate goal. But uh, today's topic is very specifically five ways that you can maximize your existing client database from a monetary perspective. So we're going to center in. This is all financially based. It's monetary. Um, these are just ideas. Your clients might already have this. They might be working with someone else. Whatever the situation may be, we're going to dig into how you can do this as an advisor, as a business owner for your clients. So uh, kicking off, these are in no particular order to be clear, but one of the easiest ways that you can maximize your existing client database is very simply to just offer Medicare supplements to your clients. Now, some of you, you're not working with retirees, you're working with younger age groups, so this isn't gonna be the most beneficial for you. Uh, it would be good to just let your clients, if they are the younger age, know that you can do this, or in some cases that you can refer it out. I wouldn't recommend always referring it out, but if you're in your one or two person shop, you don't have the time or the energy or the bandwidth to be able to do it. I get it. But if you can offer this in-house, you're going to have so much more uh, leverage when it comes to negotiating with clients, not only around uh, things like your fees, perhaps, if you're managing the assets, but uh, you'll also have a situation where whatever might come up over the course of the calendar year, they're going to be turning to you. So um, generally, everyone who's about to turn 65, they're pretty much going to need to sign up for Medicare, which prompts them to seek guidance for navigating that field. Now, for some, they might, you know, they they hop on Google, they're familiar with it, maybe they, maybe they should have a general knowledge of it, but for most, navigating the alphabet soup of Medicare supplements and what it actually means and how much things should cost is a little daunting. You know, I'm sure you've heard the statistic that roughly 10,000 Americans turn 65 every day. So offering Medicare supplement services uh, in your practice provides you a position to further offer holistic planning. That's a big thing, but it also, it's going to provide residual revenue for you. Now, Medicare supplements from the actual financial standpoint, it's not a crazy high margin, uh, you know, thing to offer. So we'll just address the elephant in the room there. This is a numbers game and it's more so uh, building leverage with your clients and also increasing referrals. But over the course of the year, depending on your client base, if you can continually add uh, new clients and continually create residual revenue off of your Medicare supplements, you're going to have so much more opportunity to be able to grow your firm and to get in front of more people, increase your budgets, etc. Now, another really, really good way to maximize your existing client database is to use tax-specific marketing. Now, it is widely assumed right now 
at the time of recording that taxes are on sale. So with the addition of, you know, not too long ago, we had the stimulus checks. We just had the uh, Secure Act. There's a lot that just happened not too long ago that kind of rattled a lot of people's tax planning. Now, good CPAs, they're on top of it. They're, they didn't get rattled themselves more than likely, or they shouldn't have. But it's a near certainty that taxes are going to rise in the future. As an advisor and a business owner, you should be revisiting those plans that you built for your clients and continually look for ways that they can improve their tax efficiency. Now, most of you do this in your annual reviews, which that's good. I hope that you're doing in your annual reviews. And some of you might just be completely referring that out. Clients have a CPA or maybe they, they themselves have strong tax knowledge, whatever it is. Take a second and go back and look at all of your plans that you did pre-stimulus checks. Like pre-2020, go ahead and look at those because the reality is a lot of the time, uh, situations like Roth conversions will be on the table. Uh, maximizing an IUL could be on the table, index universal life. Uh, you'll have a situation where maybe you know a client of yours, whether you sold it to them or another advisor did, they have an annuity, whether it be a fixed index or a variable annuity that has an income rider that hasn't been activated yet and they don't need the income. That's a great opportunity to fund a more tax-friendly vehicle. So again, digging into the tax side of it and actually using that in your marketing will help drive a lot of appointments and also referrals. On the topic of referrals, a third way that you can maximize your existing client database is by offering an exclusive referral club. Now, another term for this is an ambassador club, but uh, here's the general idea on this. Your clients, they should enjoy working with you. That's why they're still a client of yours. Now, for now, maybe some of you are fully transactional based. You just sold them one thing and then you got out of there. This isn't going to fully apply. But if you're consistently working with your clients on an annual basis, whether you're asset management or you're in the tax side, or maybe you're on the healthcare side, long-term care side, if you're continually working with them, you're going to have a great opportunity to introduce a referral club. Now, if you have clients that have referred people to you in the past, uh, in the recent past, we're not going to go too far out here, but in the last couple of years, if you've got, you know, Sandy Sue client referred you three people, and they've all been great clients to work with, they're gonna be a top priority to invite them to your new exclusive referral club. You are gonna to wanna to brand it, you're gonna to wanna to name it to have it some, uh, to give it some appeal here. But when you invite, you know, Sandy Sue in that case to your referral club as an appreciation for her referring people to you, you're gonna create this compound effect that quite frankly is gonna lead you to more uh, predictable referrals. So let's let's talk through that, explain that. Sandy Sue refers you three people in 2020, we'll call it. Uh, at the height of COVID, when it hit, a lot of people were uncertain. They weren't sure what was going to happen, so they referred people to you. Now, Sandy is a good client of yours, and you've always enjoyed meeting with her, talking with her. You, you care about her family, etc. You probably have a lot of clients similar to Sandy. You might have five clients, 15 clients, 50 or 500. If you've got some amazing clients that refer people to you consistently and you enjoy working with them, they're gonna be a top priority to invite them to this referral club. And this club is going to be essentially in addition to your client appreciation events. So imagine you have two pools of clients. You have your clients that refer people to you and your clients that do not refer people to you. Okay. Your clients that do not refer people to you, 
Let's take them out of this equation entirely. Your clients that do refer people to you. These are the ones that we want to really, really blow them away. So I would recommend you host a client appreciation event and then you invite those clients. You make it top of the line to where they definitely want to show up. You know, lemonade and sandwiches where you just hang out at the local library. That's probably not going to do it. But find something, you know, uh, for example, you got a baseball game, have a dugout suite. Maybe it's football, same situation. Maybe soccer. Maybe you've got um, like a local play or music theater around you. There's a ton of opportunity here, but do something really big that's going to be an amazing experience for them. And then as they get there, you know, uh, do your hellos and, you know, handshakes, high fives, whatever. But then as the event's about to kick off, let's say if it is a baseball game, for example, before first pitch, make an announcement to them that really the core reason you invited them here today is to show appreciation to them because they referred people to you. And then you're going to announce that you're launching your own referral club. Again, you're going to want to name this, brand it. If you have uh, like the name of your business, you know, uh, let's say it's uh, you know XYZ Financial Plan, or I'm sorry, XYZ Financial Company, and maybe you offer XYZ Financial Plan. You've got that branding pyramid going. Brand this too. Now, when your clients invite people to this, they're going to be blown away too. So as you do this year over year over year, or Honestly, I'd recommend doing it once a quarter if possible, if, if financially allows. Your clients that refer people to you are going to love it. They're going to keep referring people because they're going to feel the appreciation. Your clients that are not referring people to you, one of two things is going to happen. One, they're not going to care. They're not going to care either way. They're probably not the most engaged clients anyways. But the more likely thing that will happen is the clients that are not referring people to you now they haven't felt that they had a reason to, right? There are types of people that they, you can thank this however you want to, there are types of people out there who they are not prompt to do something unless there's some sort of benefit to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's just a common human principle. But if, you know, John Smith client who would never refer people to you realizes that he could go to that dugout sweet baseball game if he just referred people to you, he would probably do it. So we want to create that culture of referrals and the referral club is a great opportunity to do that. You can promote it on your client newsletters. You can promote it at your annual reviews. You can remind people when you have a new client come on board with your firm, you can uh, like blend that into your onboarding experience for the new client. You can really turn this into an amazing experience. Um, also on the appreciation event topic, those clients who are not referring people to you do still host your appreciation events but you'll be able to, from a financial standpoint, have your high dollar appreciation events and your low dollar ones. Uh, I'm not gonna put a specific dollar amount on it, but if your clients who don't refer people to you, they're just kind of your B clients or C clients, you don't need to go above and beyond, right? You shouldn't need to. Quite frankly, if they're a C client or a D client, which if they're a D client, it shouldn't even be working with you in the first place. But if they're a D client or C client, if they, decide, if they get offended by it or if they decide that you're not who they, you are not who they thought you were or something like that, it's probably not going to be a bad situation because they wouldn't have been a great fit in the first place. So there's really a not a situation here where you would lose. So moving on, the fourth way that you can maximize your existing client database is to actually get really specific and granular with what you can offer. Um, you know, 
disclaimer, typically your client portfolios, especially if you're a full asset manager, they're going to be balanced. They're going to be diversified. Everyone's going to be different. They're all going to have their individual situations. So that is still on the table. What I'm saying is uh, oftentimes situations will change. And that client that you brought on five years ago, they had their retirement plan in place. They didn't want to touch it. Maybe they had um, a term life insurance policy that was a really good option for them. And there was not a better option when they started working with you. Things like that. Situations change. So marketing a specific, uh, whether it's a product or a service you can offer, uh, or if you have a really, really close referral uh, like situation where maybe maybe you don't do any taxes, but you've got a really good CPA friend, marketing their services really specifically can help you, right? Um, very few uh, advisors that I've ever interacted with have absolutely like the full financial ecosystem for their clients. And they, they manage the assets, they have the retirement income, they have the life insurance, they have the long-term care. They'll have most of the components, but very, very few will have absolutely everything possible for their client. Uh, whether that's because it didn't fit at the time, whether that's because the client wasn't interested, there's a ton of different situations, but it's as simple and easy as this. Maybe you have a client who has no idea that you can help them with uh, permanent life insurance. Maybe they thought all you could do is term life insurance or uh, universal life insurance. Just sending out a friendly email blast to your clients or maybe mentioning it in your upcoming client reviews that you have or telling your team when they answer the phone, by the way, that's another great example. Just make sure you tell your team when they take phone calls from clients before they hang up, just add a by the way. But just letting that client know, hey, you know, we offer term life insurance and we have some really competitive quotes right now that we can run for you. Would you be interested in seeing it? So things like that, I mean, term life insurance, long-term care is really popular, uh, indexed annuities, fixed annuities, uh, Medicare supplements. Those are all items that could be just by the ways as you add in that just it'll create this compound effect as you go. So that's the fourth one. The fifth and final way that you can really maximize your uh, current client database is early retirement marketing. Now to be clear on that, again, for most pre-retirees, so they haven't fully retired yet, they dream of being able to retire and ride off in the sunset. Right, that's everyone's dream. It's the American dream. But this dream of retirement that they have is also a really powerful marketing tool for you. It pays dividends just to ask your clients these two questions. And whether or not they even become clients, you should ask them all this because this is going to be on your fact finder. The first question is, what is their dream retirement situation? Like literally have them tell you exactly what they imagine. They're they're on the sailboat. They're you know they've got they're doing the deep sea fishing. Maybe maybe all they do is golf. Like ask them what their dream retirement scenario is, and ask both of them. It's a husband wife or any sort of you know uh, situation where you're meeting with more than one person. Maybe it's the family. Ask all of them what is their individual dream scenario. So the second question to ask if they could retire earlier than they had anticipated, would they be willing to explore those situations? Now, again, that probably seems like a no brainer. You meet with Joe and Sandy, you know, Joe retire, or Joe's planning to retire in six years. Sandy's planning to retire in three years. 
they think that they've got their 401k built up or, you know, whatever the IRA is, we'll call it. And then they realize like, I'm probably going to hit, you know, at this age, I'll be able to retire peacefully because that's what they know. Maybe that age is 65 because that's the most common retirement age, right? 65. When you ask that question, that's going to prompt them to want to explore, could I retire earlier? Could I retire at 63? Some people, they're going to say no, which it happens. And usually those are the individuals that they are, you know, armchair advisors themselves. They're not really open to learning more. But the ones that say yes, they'd be willing to explore it. For you in the right now moment, you're going to be able to really change their life potentially. And uh, if, by the way, you can show them that they can retire earlier than they expected and they're not a client yet, they're probably going to become a client. But the second thing it's going to do for you is actually down the line. If you can show them that they can retire earlier than they expected, that then becomes your referral prompt for your next review. When they hit that one-year review, or maybe it's the day they retire, if it's not too far out, uh, which that's another great example. If you tell them they can retire six months from now as opposed to three years from now, on their retirement date, send them a, a gift basket and then follow it up with asking them, you know, I know that we changed uh, a lot of your perspective around retirement planning, and I'm glad that we were able to show you that you could retire earlier than you anticipated. We would love to provide that same impact to somebody else that you may know or someone who's important to you. Who would be a good candidate to have an early retirement conversation with? And that's, that's just going to be fuel to the fire that's going to continually grow your business. So to recap, five ways that you can maximize your existing client database right now. Number one is offering Medicare supplements if you're not already. Number two is to use tax-specific marketing consistently. Not just when it's tax time, use it consistently. Number three is introducing an exclusive referral club for your top clients. Number four is to get really granular and product specific with some of your marketing. Again, some of it, not all of it, just some of it. And then lastly, early retirement marketing. Now, moving into this next segment here, Ryan, what do we have from our From the Left Field segment? From Left Field where we take a swing at answering your specific questions and share our insights into the more common challenges that financial advisors, planners, insurance agents, and brokers typically face in their business. Question number one, how do I start working with a specific niche? I love this question. Um, so it's funny, maybe like a year or so ago, I actually got into somewhat of a LinkedIn debate with someone about when they're starting out in the business, should they uh, like only work with a specific niche? Should they, uh, you know, uh, send out like a broad net to work with anyone? And uh, my opinion, spoiler, was that they should just send out a broad net, um, especially if you're brand new to the industry. You don't want to get caught up shooting for just like one little bullseye. You want to expand your horizons. But where my opinion has changed in recent months is, um, if you're a newer advisor. Um, and like you, you're totally green. Like you don't have any experience. You really shouldn't be out working like on your own. That's really kind of the first and foremost, you really should be joining up with another firm, uh, whether that's, you know, a situation like joining up with, uh, like a, a money manager, like, you know, Edward Jones or Northwestern mutual, 
or if it's joining up with another independent firm in your area, which I actually would recommend independent firm if possible, just because you're going to have more leniency and uh, you're going to have more freedom to, to try new things. But um, as you look to grow your book of business, if you're brand new in the field, think about what you knew and what you came from. So for example, if you were a teacher and you're jumping into the retirement planning field or financial advising field, you should be marketing hard to teachers because you know how they think uh, or just educators in general. If you came from the hospitality industry, you should be marketing hard to the hospitality industry. Uh, if you came from anything in the government field, marketing hard to government employees, federal employees, you're going to really want to dig into that component because you'll also have a story to tell. That's the other thing. Marketing isn't just getting in that bat to meet with the prospect. It's also about sharing your own story and your brand because that's also going to create stickiness down the line. But if you're not a newer advisor, okay, you're not a newer advisor, you've got somewhat of either either somewhat of an established book of business and client base or really established. You know, you're a multi-million, 100, 200, 300, 500 billion dollar money manager. You have hopefully a ton of fact finders you've saved. You, you can go right now and look at some of your top clients. And I say top, not just financially, like your A plus clients, like the ones that you would duplicate over and over and over again. Go back and look at them and like the fact finders and see how they spend their time. What do they enjoy doing? Many of you will probably have a specific niche of client that you tend to appeal to and work with that you just don't even know about. Uh, there's actually a specific advisor story, uh, a gentleman that I work with. He had no idea, absolutely no idea that he had just so happened to work really, really well with, uh, in his case, it was specifically uh, middle school and high school public educators. And this was really specific, but he had no idea. He had about 200-ish clients, 200, 220 clients, and uh, he wanted to go out and I think he wanted to work with government employees is how he really wanted to get into it because he he thought he could understand their system really well and learn about it. But uh, I encourage him to take a step back and think about this and look at his clients right now. He realized that roughly 35 to 45% of his entire client base were public educators from a specific community, like, a, like four or five different school districts. And they're all between middle school to high school. And that, that's really granular. He had no idea, but now he knows that's just who he appeals to really well. What, and he didn't know at the time if those, like a lot of them were referrals or if a lot of them came from his, like he, he did a lot of educational workshops and seminars around 403Bs. Um, he didn't know where they came from at the time, which that should be documented, always document that. But um, he found out that was his ideal client. So. What he started doing after that moment was uh, he hosted an event that was all around understanding 403Bs, like what it actually is versus a 401k, and then the pros to it, the cons to it. Um, for his specific state, he was in California, so we actually dug into like California's specific education program, uh, excuse me, their retirement plan, and it was just truly educational. But he invited his current clients to it as well, or at least a lot of them. And uh, that, number one, made the room look more full, so it made him feel a lot better. But it also pr uh, it promoted those clients of his now to bring people that they knew were either looking at retiring or they maybe were about to retire or they just retired. Whatever it was, it, pr it prompted them to bring people to the event. And then, uh, we I won't go super deep in the details for the sake of time, but 
his closing percentage was different based off of if they were a public educator in that like specific criteria or if they were anything else. And uh, I don't remember the exact numbers, but he closed at a higher rate when they were in that criteria, almost double the rate. And uh, that right there will increase your ROI on all your marketing. So he dug into that. And he did educational workshops. You could also do uh, webinars. I'm a huge fan of automated webinars around a specific niche topic. Um, you can also do client appreciation events that is going to appeal to that specific niche. So uh, another advisor that I work with, they have a lot of clients who are really big into cooking, but just by circumstance, um, they, they love to cook. They love to grill. They love to barbecue. They love to talk about, you know, what's your favorite recipe. Uh, the advisor actually sends out recipe books, but, um, they just started hosting, uh, twice a year, they would do it in the spring and in the fall, a cooking class. And they, he specifically only invited the clients that he had that loved cooking, but he gave each client a, uh, I, I believe three tickets to give to someone else to, to join and come with him. And he invited some pretty big name, uh, chefs from the area. I, I'm blanking on the names now, but he invited some really, really successful people to come to those events to grow that. But when it comes to working with a specific niche and how to find it and market to it, there's a really simple formula that I encourage you to follow. And that is this niche plus event multiplied by the work that you put in is going to equal results. So niche plus event multiplied by the groundwork equals results. Public educators plus 403B workshops multiplied by one, two, three, four workshops is going to equal results. Second question for today. I've never really paid for any marketing before. What works best? So this is impossible to answer like completely, but um, here's, here's two marketing funnels that I actually really like. That's uh, they're not like crazy expensive. They're actually pretty inexpensive and they have a solid track record. One of them I just mentioned is automated webinars. Uh, specifically around a topic, like around a specific topic, things like Medicare supplements, uh, whole, like whole life insurance versus term life versus index universal life, um, uh, traditional investments versus like Roth investments. Um, the list can go on and on, but getting really granular and specific, like a 10 to 15 minute webinar is going to yield you probably a lot of results pretty quickly for a low dollar amount. And it's a great list building activity. Uh, the second one is the ambassador program I actually mentioned earlier, uh, build an exclusive client referral club and then have that appreciation event. If you continually uh, do that and you promote it successfully, like to your current clients, it's going to pay dividends to you down the line. Uh, the biggest flaw that I've seen with advisors when they launch those referral clubs is that they're not specific enough in explaining to clients what it is, how to be a part of it and how to invite people to the event. Those are just two quick ideas, but uh, it's, that's a really tough question to answer like in depth. Our third and final question today. Is it worth it to get my Series 65? I'm having a lot of luck with just insurance products. What are the pros and cons of getting my 65? I've seen this question actually quite a bit. Um, I know there's, there's a lot of uh, laws and rules that are more than likely about to go to effect around this, but... I would recommend getting the 65. Um, it's probably one of the more common ones, especially moving forward. Um, I mean, 
the cons to it are going to obviously be the effort that you need to put in on the front end to study and to take the test. And if you fail a test, you have to take it again. Like those are obvious, but, um, you will have added compliance oversight. Uh, you're, you're going to have more responsibility, either you personally or your team's going to have more added responsibility around the office, but the pros to it are going to drastically outweigh the cons, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I guess, depending on whether you view this as a pro or a con, if uh, you've only been in like the insurance world, for example, and you're jumping in the investment side and the assets or management side with the 65, you're going to have to learn a lot more. Um, and for some of you, you might love learning about financial stuff and that's like, that's no problem. Some of you, it's, you really would rather just stick with what you know and learning something new might be a little daunting. So I guess that could be a con, but when you offer the 65, you're going to increase your revenue. Uh, probably by quite a bit, um, especially if you've been successful with selling insurance-based products, your clients don't do any of their investments with you. So uh, they either do it elsewhere or it's just somewhere parked sitting in you know a self-managed fund. So that's gonna be a really easy opportunity for you to, to grow your business, going back to all your clients individually, letting them know that you now have this to your practice, it's part of what you do, you'd love to help them, et cetera. They'll probably move it over pretty quick and uh, seamlessly. Uh, part of also then moving it over is it's going to increase your stickiness. Uh, the more you can offer to your clients, the greater your likelihood of gaining referrals. That's just common uh, math there. Um, you'll also probably meet with more prospects. Uh, typically higher net worth prospects, they, they won't even entertain meeting with many advisors unless they're fully like investment licensed. Um, that's pretty standard from what I've seen and what a lot of the advisors I work with have seen. So when you add those credentials, not necessarily like the CFP or the CFA or the RICP, like not necessarily the title after your name, but just when you can manage the assets, you can provide more holistic. So you're just going to have a greater opportunity of working with them uh, in general. So uh, all in all, yeah, in my opinion, it's well worth the time to get your 65 license. Um, it's just going to open up a ton of opportunity for you. We hope you enjoyed the Advisor Odyssey audio experience. Connect with us on your favorite social media platforms at Advisor Odyssey. You can find our full-length educational videos to watch on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out all our articles and publications on medium.com forward slash Advisor Odyssey. The Advisor Odyssey podcast is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. The contents and opinions shared, expressed, or otherwise alluded to on the Advisor Odyssey podcast and audio experience are solely ideas not to be depicted as tax, legal, or investment advice. Results from the use of these concepts may not be representative of the experience of all financial professionals and are no guarantee of future success. Your results may vary. The Advisor Odyssey and its affiliated members are not to be held liable or responsible for any lawful recourse or punishment invoked upon the individual or accompanying business partners or team members. Federal law, state law, and or insurance carrier requirements may prohibit or place limitations on any of the ideas and activities expressed. All advisors, planners, wholesalers, affiliated reps, and investment advisors should be aware of any limitations imposed by federal regulation, state regulation, insurance carriers, broker dealers, and registered investment advisors as applicable. Investment advisors are strongly encouraged to obtain pre-approval from the broker dealer, registered investment advisor, insurance company, or similar institution with which they may be affiliated. 